This is the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, May 24th. Corey, we're into it. Section softball. The tournaments have begun, and now we get into double elimination play. Let's do the recap. Yeah, so last night, the Wadena Deer Creek Wolverines hosted the Frazee Hornets in a 7-2 matchup, uh, Wolverines being the 7th seed, the Hornets, uh, Wolverines being the 2 seed, excuse me, the Hornets being the 7th seed, and right away, uh, Frazee uh, made a statement. They got up 3 nothing uh, in the top of the first inning, and he thought, all right, are we in for like a, a hang-on-to-your-hat kind of game, a back-and-forth affair? And they had that 3-1 lead. The Wolverines then chipped away at it to make it 3-2 after two innings. And then by the end of the third, the Wolverines had a 7-3 lead. And then they just didn't look back from there. They end up winning the game by a, a final of 13-4. to uh, uh, and now they advance on to the next round of the Section 8 AA softball tournament. That was single elimination. The Hornets' season is done, and now we move in to the double elimination play, and now the Wolverines are in a matchup with Barnesville. Barnesville, the three seed in this half of the subsection. That game will be played tomorrow afternoon at, ironically enough, Frazee High School. If they were to win that game, they would play the winner of Breckenridge Wapaton and Holly. And I believe uh, Breck is the top seed on that side, correct? Yes. Breckenridge Wapaton is the one seed, Holly the four seed. So everything went chalk in terms of first round matchups. And I believe looking on the other side of the bracket, Everything went, everything went to chalk pretty much in this first round. Everything did not go chalk in other sections, I can tell you that. But yeah. um, that this one did. Um, win or lose two games for teams tomorrow. Uh, if you if you win, you'll play in the you'll continue on into the championship bracket. If you lose, you'll move down into the elimination bracket. But uh, you will play a second game uh, no matter what tomorrow. Uh, we will have coverage of Wadena Deer Creek softball tomorrow afternoon. Game one against Barnesville, four o'clock. That means a three forty-five pregame. And we will broadcast that game on KWAD. With the Twins off, we've got an opening on KWAD, so that's where that game will be, 101.7 FM and AM 920 KWAD. Tomorrow, Thursday, May 25th. And uh, win or lose, we'll follow the Wolverines uh, for their second game, which I suppose projects to about a 5.30, 6 o'clock start somewhere in there. It's going to depend on if they got to switch fields and, and what – what the other game is going on in the other there's field? A, there's and a lot of organized chaos in that kind of in that kind of sphere. So uh, we will have those games on the air tomorrow, and yeah, it's um, Tuesday, and then what is that? Uh, the thirtieth would be the next day, and then what is that championship? Say what's the date? Is that like the first? Yeah, a lot Tuesday, of Thursday. Yeah, a lot of championships are on that first of June. So we're like a week away. We're a week away from knowing no one who's going to a state tournament. It comes, which at is you pretty fast. cool considering we started a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life comes at you fast, and this season and postseason has came at you fast. And crazy to think that, uh, yeah, it's pretty much going to be wrapped up within a week, but it's a lot of fun, Corey, and uh, we're looking to, to do a lot of games here. Uh, going over some other scores across uh, the section softball landscape, let's look into section 5A, where uh, in the 
this half of the subsection, Managa is the one seed. They won easily 14-1 to over Laporte. They will play Walker, Hackensack, Akeley uh, in Managa at 4 o'clock tomorrow. And looking as well into Section 6A softball is... Like you said, a little bit of movement here in the bracket. Uppsala gets a 4-3 win over Long Prairie, Great Eagle. Parker's Prairie gets a 10-4 win over Bertha Hewitt-Verndale. Parker's Prairie, Bertha Hewitt-Verndale, 4-5 game. Both those games going chalk so far. Browerville beats Brandon Evansville, 11-3. Browerville, 2. Brandon Evansville, a 7. Swanville gets the win over New York Mills, 11-3. Swanville, the 6. New York Mills, the 3. So Swanville advances. New York Mills season is done, and Browerville and Swanville will face off in New York Mills tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Parker's Prairie tomorrow at 3 o'clock in Mills against Uppsala as well. Sabika in that 5A tournament also got a win. I don't remember who their opponent was. Um, but the Trojans advance in uh, in their play also. They're on the same side, I believe, as, as Managa. Yeah, I'm, let's see here. I'm in 6A, so that's why I didn't see him. Uh, pulling up... Uh, uh, Sabika beat Nevis 11-1 yes. and then yeah. lost to Walker Hackensack Akeley 2-1? Yep, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. So, again, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of games. It's uh, hard to keep them all straight at it this is, point. It is. It's kind of crazy. That's what's fun about this time of year. Hey, CJ, you uh, uh, drew my attention to this yesterday evening. Some some big news, kind of some shocking news out of the region as far as it relates to uh, high school boys basketball around the region. Yeah, a little bit of a shakeup in Section 8AA boys basketball. If we go just over to the west to Purim, it was reported yesterday. Uh, I saw this from Dom Izzo of WDAY in Fargo. He says, and I'm quoting his tweet, Whoa, Huge high school basketball news just in. Purim Hall of Fame head coach Dave Cressup has announced he's resigning after 28 years leading the Yellow Jackets, won over 600 career games, led Purim to its only state championship in 2011. Salute to a legend. And then his next tweet was, Cressup will be taking over as the new men's basketball coach at Minnesota State Community and Technical College in Fergus Falls. Yeah, that's huge. That's yeah. a huge deal. Just inducted uh, in, into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. I believe, before last season, or I don't. Whenever that, whatever in the, the recent time, history. whatever the most recent induction. Um, uh, have you ever had the opportunity to to talk with him and chat with him about if basketball? If I have, it was only very shortly. So yeah, he's the best man. Just an awesome, awesome coach and an awesome guy. And as a matter of fact, uh, it, one of the that COVID year where everything got like football and volleyball got pushed back. Um, we even covered some tennis and cross country that year. And Dave, a longtime assistant tennis coach in the fall also. And uh, I was over in Perm for a tennis match one time and he was just right there. And he was like, Oh man, he's just, he's just awesome. And uh, it's kind of a cool opportunity for him to be able to uh, take over Coach Critchley, who was there, I believe I believe he was a DGF before being at M State. I believe he's a DGF name. Forgive me if that's wrong. Uh, but he has uh, taken 
the dean of students position at Eulen Hitterdahl, and he will be the head boys basketball coach for Norman County East Eulen Hitterdahl and the Titans. So he is moving on, and that has allowed them to bring in Coach Cressup to be their new men's basketball coach. This is a, that is, uh, well, like the tweet that you read said, kind of a surprise yeah but I mean, exciting for him exactly and that's the thing is it really does it's a wild just kind of how these things move in the ebb and flows of the coaching carousel if you will but i mean yeah it's a huge shakeup for section eight double a but if you're coach cressup i mean I, there's a lot of wins at perham there's a lot of stuff you can make the case that you know it's time to try something new try time to see what you could do at a different level and yeah. let somebody else take the reins of the program and I, and, and it said over 600 wins but in reality, I think the number is closer to 700 than it is 600. So it's not just like, yeah, ah, it's, you know, over 600 wins, but it's 602 or something. No, I think it's well. Uh, I think I saw 666 is it was the win total. It's insane. That is that's so many wins. I mean, yeah, you're like, well, it's it's not just over 600. Like 600 wins is anything to scoff at either. It's, yeah, it's right, a, exactly. It's an insane number. So, uh, uh, yeah, 666. Really, that's the number it lands on, huh? I guess that's how it ends. I, yeah, 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 what an omen for uh <laughs> what an omen for yellow jacket basketball going forward. At. No, uh congratulations Dave, that's very exciting. Yeah, congratulations and uh good luck. So, Corey, uh yesterday uh not a great night for the Minnesota Twins. They got up 2 to nothing thanks to a Byron Buxton first inning home run. Yep. Then later in the game, Michael A. Taylor chips in and he gets a solo home run. Twins up 3 nothing. It looks like they're going to cruise to a victory. Sonny Gray has five good innings. He comes in for the sixth. He walks a couple guys. Not a great situation. So they take him out of the game and then they bring in Giovanni Moran with the bases loaded and, uh, well... You know what? I'm just going to let uh, I'm going to let Corey Provis take it from here. And a pitch is ball four. Boy, Moran can't believe it. So he's going to walk in a run here now. Three to one, Minnesota on a four pitch walk. A guy hitting one for fourteen. It, wow! There's another walk and another run in, <laughs> and now it's three two Minnesota. Listen to those fans. Just. Oh, boom. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not good. And you might say, well, hey, CJ, in that clip, weren't the Twins winning? They were still winning 3-2. to two, yeah. And they did get out of the jam. Sure. Uh, so they were winning 3-2. to two. Oh, and then the very next inning, Michael Conforto hits a go-ahead two-run home run. Right. Who's uh, the guy who beat the Twins yes. two days ago? Yep. Uh, what did the Twins lose by yesterday? 4-3. to 4-3. to three. Uh, So there's two different areas of thought when it comes to the Twins is you can look and say, well, the bullpen blew another game. This is like the third time that the... I think in each of the Twins' last four losses, they've had the lead, or at least have been tied, going into the final three innings. And the bullpen just couldn't hold it for them. And now you could say that's on the bullpen. They need to hold down the game. And you're right. They do need to hold down the it's game. It's nice to have the bullpen bail you out from time to time. Exactly. Totally fair. But you may. I like how you worded that. You said bail you out. Because the bullpen has been asked to bail out the Twins offense for yep. the last month now. Sure would be nice to let the offense uh, cut the bullpen a little slack, wouldn't it? Well, it's like what we talked about with the starting pitching. Uh, you know, like you want the starting pitching to be good so you theoretically can rely less 
less on your bullpen and they don't have to pitch as many high leverage innings or just innings in general because the starting rotation does their job. Well, they have this year, but now the lineup hasn't been doing their job and getting them any run support. So every single game the Twins are having to send in either their high leverage arms and wearing them down or you're having to throw guys like Emilio Pagan or Giovanni Moran, guys who are not high leverage arms into high leverage positions because you're just out of options. And that's kind of where it is because it's we're going to blame the bullpen, and there's some blame to go on the bullpen. I'm not absolving them. But I think the bigger culprit is the lineup for only giving them like three runs a game. That's not going to do it, especially against some of the better teams in the league. So this is an important thought, and it's something that you and I have talked about quite often, both on the air and off the air about. And I can use a specific player in this instance only to prove my point. I'm not saying this person would help put the Twins over the edge. Uh, or anything like that, because it is the offense is really sputtering right now. I think I know where you're going with this. But this is this has been the problem with these Minnesota Twins teams for years now, right? This mm-hmm. isn't a this season problem when they're bad. It's a this season problem when they're bad, and every time that they have been bad, going back probably five years, this is not a good hitting team. And they don't have the guy anymore who was – a guy who could hit. They this offense and that's Luis Arise, right? They traded him. Now they got an awesome starting pitcher. I'm just using Arise as an example. Yeah. This is not an offense that can generate momentum for itself. They only throw haymakers, right? They don't they don't throw body blows. They don't hit you in the kidneys. They don't get you in the in the abs. They don't like wear you down at all. The only thing this offense can do is hit home runs and this and that's when things are going poorly they'll score three runs on two hits like they did yesterday or however many total hits they have they do not wear the other teams out at all offensively and I don't know if this is a major league baseball wide problem or only a twins problem but it is a twins problem they don't have that like Hey, let's hit a single and then a double and then a double and another single and like like it's they'll put up crooked numbers in the run scoring but they so rarely put up crooked numbers in the hit category for an inning. And uh, that's hard, man. It's hard to win games if you can't hit the ball as it turns out. Well, yeah, and the Twins lead the league in strikeout percentage since uh they've led the league in strikeout percentage this entire season. And they also lead the league in strikeout percentage specifically in the last month. And also, also, to add on to that point, they are below average in terms of whiff rate. And it is what it sounds like. When you swing the bat and you don't make contact with the ball at all, the Twins lead, uh, The twins are below average. They are below league average. So they basically, yeah, they're not good. They're a D team if you were to give them a letter grade in terms of swinging and missing because they do it a lot. The Twins don't necessarily swing out of the zone too often. They swing maybe a little bit more on the first pitch than other teams, but uh, really when you look at it, these are hitters. They got they have a little bit, it feels like, too much of the same hitter or they just don't have any pure contact guys. And I'm not saying that you need to have contact for the sake of contact because sometimes hitting a weak ground ball to second base is just the same as a strikeout. You're out in the end. Uh, But there needs to be better contact. I think it's just approach because if the Twins 
are seeing, uh, if the Twins are working better pitches, able to fight more pitches off, able to do that, they're able then to see better pitches, and then they can get their exit velocities up, they can hit the ball harder, and they can put the ball in play more. Uh, I don't think it's, they just need to play small ball or do something like that, because the Twins just don't have a lot of guys with speed. Gordon's on the IL, Buxton has speed, Gordon can, uh, uh, excuse me, Michael A. Taylor can steal a little bit, but that's about it, Max Kepler's on the IL, the Twins have a lot of slow guys, they're not really built to run like the early 2000s Piranha Twins, but I digress, it's a mess of their own making when it comes to the Twins lineup, and they gotta figure something out in a hurry. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, May 24th.